Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders from throughout the sports event industry. This is Matt Traub, Managing Editor of Sports Travel, and our guest today is USA Techball Chief Executive Officer, AJ Nuosu. But before we begin, first a word from our sponsor. Optimal location, experienced staff, and flexible event space are just a few of the highlights when booking your event at the Myrtle Beach Convention Center. Planning a trade show, conference, or sports competition has never been easier. The seasoned Myrtle Beach Convention Center staff is here to guide you through the planning process. Not to mention our GBAC star accreditation, helping to sustain an optimistic event climate for all who visit our coastal convention center. Planners seeking a dramatic setting should consider the glass-enclosed Hall of Fame or the 17,000-square-foot Grand Ballroom, which has 24-foot ceilings and space for up to 1,000 guests. There's no shortage of breakout spaces with 22 meeting rooms spanning across two levels. Use nature as a backdrop. The 30,000 square foot events plaza is suitable for everything from concerts to press conferences. Schedule your exclusive tour today at the Convention Center by the beach. Visit MyrtleBeachConventionCenter.com for more information. And now, on to the conversation. One of the many sports vying for the chance to be included in the program for the 2028 Olympic Summer Games in Los Angeles is Techball, a soccer-based sport founded in 2014 in Hungary. Played on a specially curved table called a Tech Table, the sport has 60 official registered clubs throughout the United States and will have several tournament events throughout the summer on ESPN's various platforms. We talk with AJ Nuosu, the CEO of USA Techball, about what the sport is about, his introduction to Techball, growing the sport across the country, its Olympic dreams, and much more. We hope you enjoy the conversation. AJ Nuosu, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast today. Nice. Thanks for having me. For those of our listeners who have not heard of the sport Techball, a basic question for you, what is the sport that is commonly known as Techball? Well, Techball is essentially soccer ping pong. It's uh, the purest use of a soccer ball. It's uh, soccer played on a curved table. So imagine a, a ping pong table that's curved and a size five soccer ball that's played back and forth. That is tech ball, essentially. What was your introduction to the sport and the first impressions of it? Yeah, my first introduction to the sport was actually at a convention in 2018 and witnessed tech ball. Prior to that, I'd seen it on social media um, on a larger scale. And then um, in person, in real life was uh, 2018. And uh, I played on the table and was immediately hooked after playing on it. I know you have a soccer background. Is it really kind of something that lends itself more to the soccer sphere of fandom? Or do you think it is much more broad based than that? You know, with 2.5 plus billion people who play soccer, right? Uh, Tech ball is a byproduct of soccer. And from that component, the captivated audience is already there. It's just the ability to funnel them in to tech ball and for them to realize that, yes, it is its own sport, but at the same time, it's also a, a training tool. It's, I mean, it's non-contact, it's gender neutral, it promotes equality in many ways. And for us, it's social distancing in, in a day and age of COVID. And so from that component, it takes all the right boxes when it comes to uh, a soccer player wanting to extend their life cycle and still be engaged and touch a soccer ball, right? But at the same token, it's its its own sport and it has to be recognized that way because uh, we've grown substantially on a global level, but the audience is there within the soccer background. Why did you decide to get interested in work for USA Tech Ball and how did you get to your position now as CEO? Yeah, I, I love a challenge. And for me, Tech Ball and the grandiose ambition of uh, getting to the Olympics uh, provided that challenge that I needed. 
at that stage in my career. Prior to that, I played uh, professional soccer and then um, ran a sports apparel brand for the best part of seven years, where I finished my tenure as uh, VP and eventually COO of the company. And um, was approached by the founders of TechBall, I saw the opportunity and obviously just the arbitrage to kind of get an emerging sport from literally the grassroots level to the globalization stage and the national stage within the U.S. ecosystem. And I, I love the ideation of the sport itself, but saw that it could be a cultural phenomenon, which it has turned out to be uh, here in the U.S. And uh, we've grown rapidly in the two and a half years since I've come on board. And we have more grandiose plans to expand uh, our network and our reach within the U.S. ecosystem and also globally as well. Obviously, TechBall has quite a devoted following outside the U.S., but you mentioned that you're still trying to develop that U.S. familiarity with the sport. What is that like for you and for USA TechBall in trying to show people within this country a sport that is very popular in other places of the world? Yeah, you know, um, the American culture, when it relates to sport, it's re- is vastly different in comparison to the rest of the world, right? America sets a cultural tone for the rest of the world. And and um, from, from that capacity, uh, America's brand is built on many different uh, platforms. But certainly it presents a Mount Rushmore of opportunity for us uh, and, and, and the cadence of us kind of coming in. And you look at the professional league that is the U.S. in the comparison with other sports, Right. The U.S. has some of the best athletes in the world when you look at multi-sports athletes, which are kids, whilst in Europe and the rest of the world, you usually play one or the other. You usually play cricket, uh, rugby or soccer. And then there's other sports you you may kind of uh, fall into. But here in the U.S., obviously, you play ice hockey, you play baseball, basketball, etc., American football, NFL and all the above. So from that linear landscape, it's slightly non-traditional, the marketplace here. And so, therefore, we, we had to kind of dive in and create a strategy and a framework that is pretty complex, and but also more profound than our strategy for Asia, Africa, and, and kind of the rest, of, the rest of the world on a global level. And, and what that comes down to is kind of placing tech board, the intersection of lifestyle and, and culture, right? And um, that's really what the U.S. ethos and the growth of any sort of brand and IP is built on. Just being at the intersection and recognizing when to be more mainstream, et cetera, the likes of Supreme and you look at the rise of pickleball and other sports of that nature. It's a lifestyle sport. And then what I mean by that is can we get ourselves within the X Games, right? And tech ball being synonymous with that. And I, I look at tech ball more as, of a, as a red ball than I do a traditional sports company. And I think from that component, it's okay, well, can, can we get ourselves um, running events in Times Square in New York, as I'd mentioned previously, and in other locations, we're running one in Daytona Speedway Track in uh, Daytona, Florida this summer, which would be um, pretty, pretty amazing. And so I think that kind of gives us the cosign and the brand recognition and the IP that we need for the, um, I would say, the recognition of the brand and cultural relevance within it. So. You mentioned how the growth that you've been able to experience over the last couple of months, and you mentioned the social distancing aspect of it. You have a table, but it can be done outdoors. People are not crowded or next to each other. What have you seen 
over the past couple of years during what has been unfortunately a global pandemic and being able to attract people who just want to get outside and do something because obviously fitness for a lot of people the past couple of years has been a, a concern and is now going forward as we begin moving more from a, out of a pandemic, so to speak, they want to do things that are more fitness-based, more endurance-based. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world's changed and uh, you look at the decentralization of um, uh, working at home and the Googleification and the Zoomification of today's world and you have to adapt, right? And you have to adapt or die. And reality, a lot of different companies have been forced to adapt to the nature of today's world. And for us, it's no different. I mean, you look at uh, the collegiate landscape and that's where we kind of thrived and saw the opportunity and the land grab there to kind of embed tech ball within the subset of the collegiate culture. And so we've done that in many different variations by running activations on college campuses and recognizing that when basketball courts were closed during COVID in the last 24 months and soccer fields were closed and everything else, students needed to be active, people needed to be active. And so that's where tech ball came in. And from that standpoint, it's not only made for at-home use, but also uh, on a collegiate campus as well, where students could play in a safe space and environment without, while still meeting the uh, social distancing requirements. So that helped us a ton as far as the growth side of things there. And then you look at the professional landscape, the MLS is back where they bubbled uh, all the teams, brought them into Florida and, and everything else. And that presented an opportunity in itself that we kind of provided technical tables for that bubble, right, to keep the players active. And so the players became hooked and we had several players purchase tables for their personal uh, development in their homes after that event. And then teams wanted uh, uh, tech ball tables as well for, from us after that event, just because they had the chance to try it out. And so it was a close environment. And so, yeah, for us, that's sort of where we've grown our reach and hyperbolized and continue to hyperbolize what we're currently doing. But again, we have to look at other sports and we have to look at other opportunities uh, from a grassroots level as well. And um, setting up at soccer events and running activations down by the beach and having people try it because you have to try the sport for you to fall in love with it. And that's reality of the nature. There's also, I would imagine, one of the attractions and one of the things that you try to sell people on is the ease of which you can you can play it. You have a you need a you need a specialized table. I know that's part of tech ball, but outside of that, it's just a soccer ball. It's not like you need this gigantic infrastructure, whether inside a venue or outside a venue. Yeah, you know, the magic of the tables is is really in the rules of the sport. And the magic of tech ball is you need the table to play, right? And so, which often presents the reality is, I always say, people don't know what they like, but they like what they know, right? So they have to try it to actually fall in love with it. And then the other part of that is there's a reality problem and a narrative problem. The narrative problem is the, the fact that people tell themselves, well, this looks really challenging. If I play, I'm going to look really stupid here or silly. And then the reality is it's not as hard as people kind of anticipate it will be. And even once they see one success as far as a serve and, and, and returning a serve or playing, they, they are hooked from there because they want to kind of build on that success and play again and, and get better. And you see the incremental growth in your play and the way you're playing. So that really changes things. And it's a, a huge game changer for individuals. So. 
You're listening to the Sports Travel Podcast. Optimal location, experienced staff, and flexible event space are just a few of the highlights when booking your event at the Myrtle Beach Convention Center. Planning a trade show, conference, or sports competition has never been easier. The seasoned Myrtle Beach Convention Center staff is here to guide you through the planning process, not to mention our GBAC star accreditation, helping to sustain an optimistic event climate for all who visit our coastal convention center. Planners seeking a dramatic setting should consider the glass-enclosed Hall of Fame or the 17,000-square-foot Grand Ballroom, which has 24-foot ceilings and space for up to a thousand guests. There's no shortage of breakout spaces with 22 meeting rooms spanning across two levels. Use nature as a backdrop. The 30,000 square foot events plaza is suitable for everything from concerts to press conferences. Schedule your exclusive tour today at the convention center by the beach. Visit MyrtleBeachConventionCenter.com for more information. And now back to the episode. On the more practical side of growing the sport, what types of venues do you seek out when you are looking to hold hold events? Obviously, you mentioned there was an event recently in the Los Angeles area, just on the beach. Yeah, you know, uh, Tech Ball is, um, again, what makes it unique is you can play it. It's a beach sport. It's a recognized beach sport in itself. We've been added to the African beach games and, and the beach games in Asia as well as in Sanya. And uh, the same token, uh, you can play it indoors as well right you can play it in um, an indoor location be it a convention center a venue uh, we held our tech ball world championships in poland last december that was held indoors and then our recent los angeles event which you referenced uh, was held on the beach and uh, that was a spectacular event and that's huge for us because our events are at the same time, a magical experience uh, for the athletes. What we try and create is an athlete experience, a, a fan experience, and then also uh, outside of that, a fan engagement experience for the people watching at home, right? And so you look at those three uh, three buckets there and you say, okay, well, how do we make that happen? And part of that is running our events more like uh, you, you would run a festival, right? And so where it's the energy is what you feel and outside of just the main event of playing tech ball, whether you're taking part, you're a fan or uh, you're watching at home, you feel the energy to a large degree and you're, you're in sort of encapsulated by it. So that's really uh, what we're trying to achieve here. But the beach and the indoor are the two sort of uh, locations that we sort of uh, look at when we identify uh, where to run an event. I know as a growing sport, a lot of growing sports in the United States have an eye toward 2028 and the LA 28 Olympics and the possibility of being included in the sport program there because it would be a massive opportunity to get more eyes on your sport, more attention, you know, all everything more. How realistic do you think the chances are for Olympic inclusion? And what if any conversations have you had with LA 28 in terms of seeking out just even feedback for what your chances may be, but also what you need to do between now and when they make decisions on the sports program? Yeah, you know, um, we remain very humble as a sport. We understand that we're still growing. At the same time, I think you can remain humble and be wildly ambitious as far as um, our growth trajectory and where we want to be. We've made strides on a global level as far as just the key performance indicators that allow us to be in the conversations alongside when the IOC make that decisions, that's all we can do, right? Is make sure that we tick all the boxes, um, yield the feedback that's been given to us and take that on board, digest it, and then obviously uh, make amendments to why why we should be part of LA28. The feedback we have received has been very positive. 
based on Tekwell being a, a dynamic, suitable sport, especially for the Southern California landscape. Um, we've been added as a part of a program called Play LA. Play LA is, uh, is run by Recreation and Parks, an acronym for uh, RAP, RAP. And um, essentially, it's um, Recreation and Parks have, have formed Play LA with the funds that have been given from the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, have given funds to LA28 to kind of grow particular sports that they feel uh, could be tangible within the Olympic movement in LA on a localized level and then embed those sports within the, I would say, school system, etc., parks and recreation system. And tech ball has been identified as one of the sports outside of other ones that are in there, your traditional basketball, etc., and all the above. So for us, that's something there that is, I would say, a huge tick in the box for us that they've recognized us in, in that level. But at the same token, we still have a lot to do. And I think uh, you're only a success in the moment you perform the successful act, right? You have to do it again and again and again. What are the plans you hope and you believe USA Tech Ball can have to grow the number and the size of events that you will hold in the future? And when you go to cities, what kind of partnerships do you have or would you like to have with local CBBs and sports commissions? Two questions there, both are diametrically opposite. And um, I think um, I'll address the fan and the player side of things and the growth there. You know, certainly our engagement and our conversation and partnership with the SBN certainly helps our cause. And that's something there from a, a linear and OTT standpoint that, that kind of helps what we're trying to do and, and the growth of tech ball here in the US. But we're not just relying on that. We, we have several different mechanisms as far as uh, building community, right? Okay, you look at the last 24 months and we as humans you look at the anthropology of the human makeup we as humans are craving more community more than ever being a part of something so it's that growth and creating and uh, having tech board and showing tech board as a community that people can belong to that's fun engaging and um, that people love and uh, want to be a part of I think that's something there as far as getting people within, I would say, the, the overall ecosystem of TechBall and then having them be a part of it and the growth and knowing that they can have a say in the direction of travel, which is sports going in because it's still re really young, but has grown uh, on a global level as well. So that, that helps their cause a lot as athletes. And then the second part of that is when we go into – uh, local cities and an organization, we, we try and form partnerships on, on a national level with the incumbents of different states, cities, communities, municipalities, etc. Instance, uh, we, we, the mayor's office in Fort Worth, we've partnered with them to donate tech ball tables to different high schools around there. We've permanently installed tech ball tables there. Miami-Dade County just uh, installed a couple of tables there. South Beach in Miami will be installing a few tables there. New York, Manhattan, we've installed tables there. And so the, the list goes on across the country. The accessibility of tech ball is really going to be the, the main driver, the growth from not only the player's perspective, but also finding and an, um, unearthing the next Olympic champion in the local community, right? And we've also partnered with Sister Cities International, U.S. Soccer Foundation, and a, a cohort of other organizations that we're helping and working alongside each other to, to help grow not only sports, but using sports and tech ball as a vehicle to bring kids and adults into a different stratosphere in today's world. One more question for you, AJ. Grade your, evaluate yourself as a tech ball player. 
If you if you're out there if you're out there playing at a tournament with everybody, is everybody going to point at you and be like, "This guy knows a little bit more than the rest of us"? Um, so I, I'm going to uh, give myself a ten out of ten here because I, I, <laughs> I have the arrogance of belief. I always say I, I believe I can do anything, and um, certainly I've played tech ball and I play all the time on a regular basis. Um, not as often as I would like, given that I'm usually on a plane or somewhere in a meeting somewhere. But um, overall, I would say. 10 out of 10 would be my score, sir. Well, AJ, thank you very much for your time. And thank you for joining us on the Sports Travel Podcast today. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Pleasure's mine. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Matt Trout for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.